Well, hello, sons, and hello, brothers. It's time for stuff I want to say, mostly to men. And today, I'm going to be talking to you about talking. I'm going to be talking to you about speech. Oh, this one hits close to home. Gentlemen, this one hits close to home. I want to share some things with you that I think will be especially helpful to you, guided especially to men, and I must confess there are things that I not only share with you, but things that I am working on myself. And here I am, up in years, I'm still working on this stuff. I'm, I'm looking at an article right now. It's a good article. You can find it at counselingoneanother.com. And it's an article <clears throat> uh, called The Sin of Talking Too Much. The Sin of Talking Too Much. I was with my wife in Ann Arbor one day, and we were shopping at a stationery shop, and she found a deck of cards and gave them to me. It's a little box with a deck of cards, and every card says the same thing. I guess you take this deck of cards with you to a party, and when you when somebody's just monopolizing the conversation, you just hand them this card. And the card just has two words, stop talking. So I put the cards in the drawer of my desk and I have faithfully ignored them since. But when I grow up, I'm going to pay attention to that. No, there are just times it would be best to stop talking. I'm working on that. Maybe you need to work on that too. Here's what the article says, the sin of talking too much. Here, here is uh, there are times when talking when when talking too much can be a problem. Like number one, he says excessive talk opens the door to sin. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but who he who restrains his lips is wise. Proverbs ten nineteen. You can study these on your own. You have your own Bible. You can read the Proverbs and find these things. It's just sobering. Here, here, here's another reason. So excessive talk can open the door to sin. Have you experienced that? Excessive talk can fuel gossip. He who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. Proverbs 17, 9. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and where there is no tail-bearer, strife ceases. Proverbs 26, 20. He who goes about as a slander reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with the gossip. Proverbs 20, 19. These are NASB. Proverbs 8, 8, uh, 18, 8. The words of a talebearer like tasty trifles go down into the innermost body. Excessive talk can open the door to sin and excessive talk can fuel gossip and excessive talk is the enemy of listening uh, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. This podcast is for the purpose of helping other people, not for the purpose of me looking good. So let me let me just talk to you about talking a little bit. One of the things I would try to do over again, if I could start my life over again and raise the eight children that we have over again, is I would try to train myself to be even a better listener or a better listener to be quick to listen and slow to speak and to ask questions and be quiet and wait. Excessive talk 
is the enemy of listening, and listening is a powerful thing. And then excessive talk, he says, often leads to boasting. The scriptures say in Proverbs 27, 2, let another man praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. Most men will proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? Proverbs 26. Whoever falsely boasts is giving of giving is like clouds and wind without rain. Proverbs 25, 14. <clears throat> An excessive talk may lead to flattery. So it's a door to sin. It fuels gossip. It's the enemy of listening and often leads to boasting and it, and it can lead to flattery. A man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Proverbs 29, 5. Excessive talk is often idle talk. Proverbs 14.23 says, In all labor there is profit, but idle chatter leads only to poverty. And then excessive talk can also give birth to profanity. And the scriptures um, warn us against cursing. James 3.9 and 10. Um, And then excessive talk usually destroys So it says in James 3, 5, and 6, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. And the tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature and is set on fire by hell. So these are some serious, serious warnings requiring self-control. That was just a helpful article. The gentleman I do not know, Paul Tauchies, maybe somebody knows Paul and can correct me on the pronunciation of his name, T-A-U-T-G-E-S. Good article, good, helpful, useful article. Just sharing that, just passing that along. But I have something more today, and I don't know where this came from. I don't think it's original with me. I found it in my notes but I don't have attribution on it, and I can't find attribution. It's simply really a list of of the application of Proverbs. And this is something, gentlemen, it'd be a great idea for you to do with your own Bible. Just study the Proverbs for what Proverbs has to say on any given subject, like women or sexual morality or the tongue or work or foolishness. And these are 15 times, according to the Proverbs, 15 times when it's good not to speak. And I want to talk to you about this a little bit today on the podcast, because much of our leadership is uh, when we talk and when we don't talk and what we say, and much of our influence will come out of how we talk to the people that we love, and when we talk and when we're silent, and the care and our use of words. And we really don't know which of our words will be retained for the entire lifetime of the person who hears them. And isn't it true that it's easy to become familiar with our wife, with our children, and and be unguarded in our speech, not careful, maybe even, God forbid, empty or evil in our speech, or damaging or hateful or or, uh, angry in ways that are like a fire, just setting fire to the relationship. And and so, gentlemen, 
can I ask you, let's just pray before I teach this bit that I'm going to share, share this, pass this along. Let's pray. I'm going to pray for you. And please, if you would pray for me, that God would help us to increase in wisdom in the use of our tongue. Father in heaven, I pray today as I record this podcast for people that I care about and love, that you would help us to govern our tongues by the power of the Holy Spirit within us, cleanse our minds and hearts by the washing of the water of the word, saturate our hearts with with truth from God's word, and cleanse our hearts and help us to see any evidence of anger or folly or foolishness or insecurity, whatever it is, it causes us to sin with our tongue and harm people with our tongue. And use this, uh, use these proverbs, this truth from Scripture to, to strengthen us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. So here it is. When not to speak, number one, do not speak in the heat of anger. Proverbs 14, 17 says, A man of quick temper acts foolishly and a man of evil devices is hated. Do not speak in the heat of anger. Number two, don't speak when you don't have all the facts. Proverbs 18, 13 says, If one gives an answer before years, it is his folly and shame. And by the way, I'll, I'll try to include these in the show notes so that you can have them uh, easily to look at. Don't speak in the heat of anger, number one. Number two, don't speak when you don't have all the facts. Number three, don't speak when what you're saying is unverified. See a man hasty in his words. There's more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 29, 20. For when you're tempted to joke about sin, don't speak. Fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. Proverbs 14, 9. Five, don't speak when you'll later be ashamed of what you said. Proverbs 18, 8, the words of a whisperer like delicious morsels, they go down to the inner parts of the body. Number six, don't speak if it would convey the wrong impression. Whoever restrains his words has knowledge, but he who has a cool, and, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Proverbs 17, 27. Don't speak if it would convey the wrong impression. Number seven, don't speak if you want to, to appear wise. Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. Proverbs 17, 28. Number eight, don't speak if it's none of your concern. The heart knows its own bitterness, but and a stranger shares its joy. I'm sorry, just misquoted that. The heart knows its own bitterness and no stranger shares its joy. Proverbs 14, 10. Nine, don't speak when you're tempted to lie. Proverbs 4, 24. Put away from you crooked speech, but devious talk. Put devious talk far from you. Number 10, don't speak when it would destroy a friendship. Proverbs 16, 28. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. <clears throat> Number 11, don't speak if it would damage a reputation. Proverbs 16, 27, a worthless man plots evil and his speech is like a scorching fire. 
Number 12, don't speak if you would have to eat the words later. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Number 13, don't speak if you've already said it. A son hears his father's instruction, but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. Hmm. Proverbs 13.1, Proverbs 13.1, if it's time to listen, don't speak. A wise son hears his father's instruction. A scoffer doesn't listen to rebuke. I might have those goofed up there. I'll go back and fix that. Proverbs 14, 23. Don't speak when it's time to work. In all toil, there's profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. So my point is clear from the Proverbs. There are many times when it's just wise to let your words be few or to not speak. Sometimes when you're in a human relationship, when words could be damaging and you're hurt, you've got to ask, and you don't burn, you've got to ask yourself the question, is what I'm going to say, is what I am tempted to say going to edify or is it going to tear down? Our words should be graceful words. They should be gifts. They shouldn't be damaging words. You're a leader. You're a man. And so you have a great power with your tongue, with your words to build up people in your life or to tear them down. You have a great power to encourage, great power to enlighten with truth with your words. Or you have a, a, a great power to damage people in the deepest kind of way or to misdirect them or to confuse them or to discourage them. Men, here's I know what we're gonna what we're talking about today. This isn't necessarily gonna be long, but it's extremely important. I would just say, men, go back over your relationship with your wife. Go back over your relationship with your children and with significant people in your life and examine your life and make a mental note of times when you have sinned with your tongue and confess those things to God and start over by going back privately to the person that you sinned against with your tongue and seek their forgiveness and plead with them that their that the burden would be lifted from their spirit and from their soul and that the damage that you did would would be undone by God's grace and by their own willingness to show mercy to you and determine that you're going to speak kindly that you're going to speak truth, that you're going to speak blessing and not curse. And the next time that we uh, do a podcast, we're going to do it on the power of a spoken blessing. This is something that the scriptures emphasize a great deal. What, What is the difference between a curse and a blessing? And what are the elements of a spoken blessing? And what good can a spoken blessing do? And how can... A dad, how can a man, a husband, a father, grandfather impart blessing with his words on others? What are some of the biblical elements that make a a spoken blessing especially useful and especially powerful? That's something for you to think about between now and when we we, uh, have another podcast. But give this some thought and give this some personal prayer.
Um, are your words cursing? In other words, let Satan have his way with you, and cooperating with with the evil one, really, or or like the devil is the accuser of the brethren. Do you join him in your accusation, or do you join the spirit in blessing, or or even the a rebuke or a correction? Does it have the ultimate aim of doing the person who receives it good, doing good to the person who receives it? It becomes a blessing. Even if it's difficult conversation, it becomes a blessing because it's ultimately a blessing. Our son Chuck um, started college real early. He started college courses. He's, he, he took a series of college courses, all but the last one for his bachelor's degree, very quickly, almost before he was old enough to start attending college. And he's a bright, bright guy. He was moving quick. But the first test that he took he he failed it and i uh i told him every time you take a test and pass it i'll we'll, we'll go to starbucks and i'll buy a, a coffee we'll talk and he he came down from the testing room very disheartened that day and i'll never forget that he just looked crestfallen and disappointed and i was afraid that that would discourage him. It did take him a while to take another test, but then he, he did take off and he did really well. But I knew that whatever words I spoke right then would be really important. And so I said, hey, get in the car. Let's go to Starbucks. And he goes, why are we going to Starbucks? I failed my test. And I go, we're going to go to Starbucks. And we're going to celebrate your amazing potential. <laughs> Here's the fun part about that story. A number of years have gone past now. And Chuck's doing really well. Bright guy. But frequently, he'll bring that up. He'll he'll bring up the day that I said, let's go celebrate your amazing potential. I didn't know those simple and uh, humorous words were going to stick in his soul and be meaningful to him. And who can't tell a story about a person who listen to our harmful words and then couldn't get them out of their mind, out of their heart. And they damaged them and they hurt them, even maybe when we didn't realize. So the people that you love, you would never stand by and let someone pelt them with stones and not do anything about it. But but wrong words, thoughtless words, angry words are like, they're worse than being pelted with stones because if you get hit with a stone, you'll probably survive and you probably will heal up. But but if you get stoned with someone's words that are a curse, it might follow you for years through your life. And this is something you don't want on your heart, something you don't want on your record, something you don't want on your conscience. So can I challenge you, man? You may be able to run miles or bike miles or lift heavy weights or accomplish a great deal, but how are you doing in governing your tongue? How are you doing in making right words that you've spoken in the past that were wrong? And just now, even now, maybe somebody who loves you much and who you love very deeply is just waiting for you to make right the damage that you've done with the words that you've said. May God help us in this. And God bless you as you go about using your words to bless and not to curse. And we'll look forward to next time when we talk about the power of a spoken blessing. God bless you. See you next time.